Welcome to the Miss Manual Podcast, home for viewing a female's perspective in the automotive, motorsport, and blue-collar industries. If you had maybe to, if you had maybe two to three words, you would say you had to describe yourself as, you know, what would you say those two to three words would be? Okay, let's see. Um, I would definitely say I'm very ambitious, um, like goal oriented with stuff. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do. And then I like to use the word synergic, which is something that I've kind of learned over the years what it meant. And it's a term that we use often with our welding equipment as well. So it's kind of like being a team player and things like that. We're synergic in our welding machines kind of means like there's one button that touches practically everything on the machine. So it's kind of like that. And I kind of started liking that word over the years and understanding what it meant. Synergic. What does that, what does that start with? An S. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna have to add that one to my vocabulary. Cause that's <laughs> literally the first time I heard it. That that's, that's extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, I first heard it when we're, I started job and they're starting to say like these synergic machines and all this stuff and I was like yeah I, I pretended like I knew what it meant but in reality I was like okay what does that exactly mean so I googled it and what it means on google is basically teamwork being a team player but in our machines it's like one button that controls everything Interesting. So it like takes part of everything yeah Interesting. And, and I wanted to go ahead and before even get any further, say I'm a big fan of the documentary that you, you put together. And as far as, you know, kind of summarizing your journey from start to finish and what your what your goal is and what, what your mission is and in terms of just what your work is and, you know, inspiring everybody. I really like that. And I would say I've watched it personally ever since it's come out. I would say at least at least six times. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It was kind of a a challenge for me because obviously I didn't really find my life that interesting. And for someone to ask me, hey, I'd like to do a documentary on you. I was like, okay, well, you might change your mind after you find out about me. But then over the course of time, I was like, okay, maybe what I do is actually really cool. And maybe people really will be interested in seeing this. So I'm glad it got a positive feedback from a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my struggle. Uh, and it's the, I won't even say struggle, but it's the challenge to not like, I'm glad you've, you've, you've seen uh, the progression and what your, what your story and your perspective has, especially not only being in the industry, but being a woman in the industry, like, for Miss Manuel, we're, we're always reaching out. We're always seeing unique perspectives in these male-dominated industries. And and so a lot of people don't see the value in their own story, not only just in these industries, but in general. That's why we idolize other people. And then we, we kind of belittle like our journey, but everyone has their own unique, unique journey to someone else besides ourselves. And so right. we're always, we're always our, like our biggest critic, but it's uh it's it's truly unique it's truly unique and it's it's honestly setting it's setting like the the yellow brick road like right now you're laying the bricks down and then i say years to come it's going to eventually be something that you know people are going to naturally strive for like oh 
at the end of the day, I can do it, you know, 10 years from now, five years from now, even a year from now, six months from now. Right. And that's the goal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's happening. It's happening slowly, but surely. Uh, I, re- I was telling some of the ladies that I work with Miss Man that we we're going to jump on finally. And they're super excited. Like, oh, yeah, I remember when, you know, when you brought up the documentary. I think this is when you before it actually had came out. So this is maybe like, what, 10 months ago. And so to finally yeah. have it to come to fruition, a lot of people were excited to know, like, oh, my goodness, I look up to her. Like, I'm starting my welding class in September. I'm nervous. So make sure you ask this question, that question. I was like, all right, all right, we'll, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Otherwise, I would have you on here. But you're like, oh, I have work. I'm like, make it happen. <laughs> but, um, yes, however, um, you said the bond. Uh, is, is Synergic is the word. Um, synergic is a, is probably a good word for bonding too. It's mainly teamwork is kind of what it means. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So teamwork. So, so that's kind of, let's kind of dive into the, the atmosphere, uh, of your job, your day to day. Like, how would you describe the teamwork that you, the teamwork, uh, principles that you've developed from your job? Like, how would you say that could apply to someone's day to day? Like, as far as how you operate with other individuals? Let's see. So over the course of my years, I've, I've worked in several different industries, all involving welding, but let's just say in the, in the beginning, I was involved with production welding. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a huge team thing to start from something very small and then to come into something huge. So I was building rail cars in the beginning So brand new rail cars start from the littlest part, putting everything together and seeing that outcome at the end and, you know, being proud of what you just accomplished. You just created this one thing and then going down the road, you can point out and be like, hey, you know, I touched that or I made that, you know, and it's it's very self-fulfilling. Then over the course of the years, I've gotten into construction and I've got to work on huge buildings and things like that. And then just be able to like show like, obviously a lot of my friends are not welders. So I can say, Hey, you know, that's kind of what I do. Like I helped build that. I did this there and I can show them that. And they're like, Oh wow. That's really cool. I didn't know that, you know, that involved welding and like people really don't realize how much welding impacts them in a day-to-day world. And then My current job, um, I basically, I, I won't say like I teach people how to weld. I used to, but now I'm kind of just teaching people the industry because we have such a lack of, um, I guess, people needing this or fulfilling these jobs over the course of the years, the, just the amount of, I'm trying to think of a good word of people that already have experience in welding is very, very slim. So we're hiring people that have no idea about welding. And then that's where I come in and I'm teaching them like, this is these processes. This is how this works. And like, just kind of give them, them a good introduction and feel of the industry that way they can succeed in their job basically. 
Got you. So it's just, it's a lot of people that are jumping in, but they have like a lack of foundation and you're given that foundation, like just to, to kind of get, put them on the right path and ultimately, you know, get to the point where they're on the right path of doing uh, quality work. Yes, for sure. Most definitely. So uh, going, going back to the point of, uh, you know, how everything, every, you, you probably go around, it, it could be the store, it could be you could be walking on a bridge and you just you in your head everything's magnified on you know what's involved uh you might you might see certain well bees or some something is popping out for you just being that it's like a part of your world that a lot of people don't uh necessarily see what would you say like on your day-to-day or maybe a, a building that you're in what would you say something of recent that's like uh, really caught your attention that most people would have you know, overlooked in terms of welding being heavily involved? Well, that's a really funny story because it's like, I always say it's like a blessing and a curse. When you start <laughs> noticing welds, you start realizing like things. So, so my biggest thing is like, so fairs and carnivals are, are pretty big. I, I know yeah. around here, I feel like it's probably pretty big everywhere. Um, and then if you get on one of those rides and you look at the welds, that's the only thing I look at and like everyone else is having a good time and like, yeah, let's jump on this. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me inspect these welds first because that's a critical area. (laughs) And the welding on that is like so bad. And I'm like, eh. So I kind of just stopped riding rides at all the fairs and carnivals because I was like, you know what? I just don't trust that type of stuff. I see the welds and I don't want to put my life in danger because of this. So that's something that I notice, And I feel like it's almost like a curse because p- other people don't notice those things. I noticed it on, on boats, um, at, even at a chair, when you're sitting down, you can look at the welds on that. I mean, obviously you can't probably see it in your buildings and things like that most of the time, but on guardrails, things like that, you can start looking and you start paying attention and you're like, okay, that's not a very good weld. And then throwing in some factors in there, like this probably could break. So oh, I'm staying away from it. <laughs> yeah. So your, your awareness, like you don't want to be that bad vibe, but you're like, I can't help. Like you don't want to be the party pooper, but you're like, I can't help to notice what something, notice something that's good and great. So you're like, you're like in the middle. It's like, uh, like, how can I like? (laughs) Right. And it's really funny because so I also inspect welds as part of my jobs. And we had a lot of um, people from the fair and carnival industry want us to come out and do inspections on their um, rides. And it was always like a gray area. And our job never wanted to do it because of how much liability it has on that. So it was like, we don't like accepting that type of work because the risk that if it does get fixed properly or if it don't get fixed properly, like it'll come back on us. So it's always been a gray area and that kind of threw some red flags for me. And I'm sure I annoy my friends because I'll be like, oh, look at that weld. Even at the gym, like your workout equipment, (laughs) it's all welded together and you can look at it and you're like, dang. Like, or you can just (laughs) say like, I can weld better than that or whatever the case may be, but it's pretty funny to point out to my friends because I have no idea what I'm talking about most of the time, but they start noticing things after I point them out. Most definitely. <laughs> what would you say is like key? Uh, what would you say is key to, well, before I even get into that, 
for those that ha- are listening right now that have little to no experience in welding, like what would you what are the different styles of welding as far as different tactics of welding? Maybe give like I don't know. Give a give a list of what's in, on the top of your head when I say that. Okay. So there are four common weld processes that I'll say, but there are like uh, over a hundred different forms of welding, like some things that you'll never even think of, like explosion welding being one of them. And that's not something typical, but it is a form of welding. But there are four main types. So you have your MIG, which is your like wire welding. And then you have flux core, which is still a form of wire welding, but in a different scenario, I guess is the best way to say it. You would do it for certain applications where regular MIG you wouldn't. Um, Then you have stick and then you have TIG or your four main categories. Um, That's what people are probably probably using the most. Gotcha. I had a flashback uh, when you you said stick welding. I remember my first time stick welding. That was Definitely interesting, but I, I started to love it. This is back in like high school. So I was, this is my freshman, my freshman, sophomore, sophomore year. I made the mistake. I'm sure you could get a laugh out of this, but I made a mistake of wearing joggers while I was in the booth stick welding. <laughs> and yeah, I, I learned really quick. I still, I actually still have the pants. They, they have holes in it to this day, but uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, Take us to your first experience. I know you've come a long way. And again, this is what this is what makes it so important. You talk about a little bit in uh, the documentary as far as when you first started uh, uh, stick welding back back in uh, back in your freshman year of high school, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. you were uh, you were talking about how, you know, it stuck and it, the rod turned extremely, extremely red and your instructor had kind of helped. Kind of take us to that first time to like your progression uh, within your your high school years. Okay. As far as how you got better. So obviously, yeah, my first time, I really did not know what I was getting myself into. Um, <laughs> I I kind of just started taking welding because I was so I was an athlete in high school. Um, and I mean, I made really good grades, but I didn't really like want to be extra in high school I'll say that (laughs) like I I wasn't on any like special academic anything um I like I said I did have really good grades but I didn't take very hard classes at at the same time so you had the potential but you 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 didn't want to be extra quote-unquote right (laughs) gotcha Um, (laughs) I kind of just like wanted to get by and like I just wanted to play sports is really all I cared about at the time. Um, But so in order, when I got into high school years, that's when you start getting into your advanced math, your foreign language and things like that, which I had no interest in. So to get out of those classes, you had to go to tech school. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go to tech school. And originally I had, wanted to sign up for auto collision because I wanted to like paint cars and stuff like that. I thought that was cool. Um, But that class was like so full and I had a waiting list to get in that class. So Mm -hmm. 
the really the really only open thing that I could jump in right away was welding. So I was like, okay, you know, my dad had a little tombstone stick welder that he randomly used on farm equipment, but uh, I really didn't know anything about it other than that. But at the time when I told my dad, Hey, I think I'm going to take welding. um, He thought it was a great idea. So of course I could help him out with his farm equipment, fixing stuff, things like that. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm wanting to take it, you know, just to make him happy. (laughs) Right. Not, not to not the real reason was to get out of harder classes but <laughs> <laughs> so I get in there really not knowing what to do and just another backstory to kind of get an idea of how much I really did not know what I was getting myself into I went to a private school in high school um, just because they had a better athletic program was the main reason it wasn't like I was a bad kid. So my parents kicked me out of public school. It wasn't those, one of those situations, but so my school, we wasn't allowed to wear blue jeans. Um, Girls had to wear khaki pants or skirts or dresses. So when I come into my first class at tech school, I have a skirt on and I'm sitting in the classroom. So obviously that was kind of like, what is this girl doing here? Um, which I, of course I started bringing extra clothes to change into, but my first, so my teacher was really glad that I was in there. You know, there wasn't another girl in the class and even over the course of over the years, everyone is excited to have a girl in their class. I've never had anyone be negative towards that. Um, so I get in there. So yes, yes. So, of course, they kind of paid a little bit more attention to me and wanted to help me out a little bit more, maybe. Or maybe it's to make me feel more comfortable. I'm not sure. But they spent a little bit more time with me. And so when it came to my first weld, um, stick welding is kind of like the basics. That's where everyone starts, even though it's not the easiest form of welding. That's basically where everyone starts out. So I get in there. He kind of shows me, like, what to do. I'm like... Oh, okay. That looks, that looks pretty easy. I can do that. So I get in there and like the hardest part of stick is first striking that arc and to hold that arc. So I'm striking it and you strike it kind of like a match or you can like yeah. tap it, things like that. And of course I do get my rod stuck and I panic. <laughs> I didn't really know and what nope. to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm like throwing arc strikes everywhere. And like, it was just a mess. And I'm, I'm sure that I terrified my instructor because I was kind of freaking out. And, but after that, he kind of just like, here, I want you to just relax, calm down. He kind of held my arm while I was welding and kind of just did everything. Like I was just like a puppet basically. And he kind of just moved my hands for me. And so it got me a really good feel of it. And over the course in high school, um, I became really good and more interested in welding. And by the time I got to my senior year, I was able to compete at like skills USA and things like that representing our school. So I came a long way. I still looking back, I really had no idea what I was doing back then. And I see that now, even though at the time I thought I was doing really, really good, but now where I'm at now, I'm like, I was horrible back then. <laughs> of course, your, your standards always rise. They're like, wow, like you always see your potential. You're like, man, if I only knew this to speed up that. 
right yeah for sure <laughs> so you're so 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 long story short your beads are impeccable is what you're saying <laughs> well on a good day i mean i have bad days too <laughs> but <laughs> well, definitely yeah it was a pain it's it's the 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 the, the steady hand and focus to be a quarter in, like to keep that to keep that keep your rod lit and not have it go in and out like you're like it's it's literally quarters of inches for you to keep that consistent. So it's like it's 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 it says a lot for you to for you to go ahead and say how far you excelled because that was one thing that I struggled with like just the consistency of keeping my rod lit. Like it was just because uh, I, I was I, I want I, I just couldn't stay close enough for a long enough time more than like I don't know like. 30 to 30 to 60 seconds so to kind of continue to go ahead and uh, keep that and then consistently go back into it as if it as if nothing changed I was like my downfall I was like uh but I enjoyed it I enjoyed it yeah that's why everyone starts out at stick welding because it's the one form that really teaches you technique yeah so and it's cheap that's another reason why too (laughs) 100 percent i love it i love it all right so let's let's dive into earning the people respect around you so i remember you saying in your uh thing in your documentary uh you're you're talking about earning there's the people's respect around you you having to work just as hard as the males around you if not twice as hard you just being a female that's kind of i wanted to kind of expand uh expand on that because number one uh Miss Manuel has been around for about a year now since the podcast started April 13th. Uh, the page Instagram was, was started, uh, what, May, uh, no, April 13th, the page was started. And then May 17th of last year is when the podcast started. And ever since then, it's been this collective data uh, of females that are in the industry thinking about going in the industry. And they have these preconceived notions and they're dealing with, you know, just a uh, big abundance of different things and you touching on earning the people's respect around you like that's something that a lot of ladies either have question for or they're trying to figure out how to I don't know earn that respect or they want to know why they have to earn respect like why aren't they treated equal like I wanted to get your perspective and POV on your journey of earning the respect of your peers around you and where is that at at this point and how do you necessarily deal with you know that chip on your shoulder okay so earning a respect is is always a challenge um when I first got started in the industry um of course production work is like is your really hard dirty work and very crucial on your body Um, Another thing with production work is your supervisors, your managers, all of that come into play and are in a very important way because obviously they're pushing you to hurry up and get something done. Mm -hmm. So, and in that force and field, I was, I was young. I just got out of college. I was working full time and going to school full time at the time. And so I was really young. I was like 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that set aside being a female, just being that age is very difficult. 
and in in really any trades industry because it is a older environment typically and that's why that there's a big gap between the old timers and then your new timers I guess you could say there's a big gap so earning people's respect just by your age is a factor so I was young and I was a female too so it was kind of like at the first time it was everyone was nice to me. That wasn't a problem. I had no one really go out of their way and be rude to me. Um, that was something that I was worried about at the time. But being nice isn't showing respect either at the same time. Right. So I started like I was kind of that person that when I first started at the job, I was like, I'm going to get as many starts as I can. That way, nobody can at least talk crap to me and say that I can't do anything so that was my first goal when I went in I got hired and that's the first thing you do is try to get as many starts as you can and that also sets your pay so at the time I came out with I can't remember if it was like 17 or 18 certs and at that time it was the most certs in the plant And so then going out to the floor, that kind of was like a, like no one could tell me anything and I knew more than everybody or I had more starts than everybody. So I felt like that was going to protect me a little bit. Right. It was like a badge. Right. Right. So then going out to the floor, it started becoming where, okay, I would try to get done before everyone else. And then I would go back and help everyone else. That way I could kind of create like a bond or friendship with these people and like show like, hey, I'm here to really help you. You know, we're all in this together type deal. Like I didn't want them to think that I'm just doing just enough to get by and, you know, be a burden on anybody, I guess is the best way to say it. Mm -hmm. So going back and helping people and just creating that friendship and bond with people Um, management started seeing that because obviously I was getting my stuff done, but the fact that I was taking time to go back and help other people and things like that kind of was showing them as well. Now, if you skip over a couple years, um, I started getting moved up in the company. Um, that's where it started getting a little bit more difficult on the respect side because obviously again, my age and, Maybe being a female had something to do with it, but getting into management roles, um, it was at the time I was pretty shy and I didn't really voice my opinion very much. And at the time, I kind of just wasn't confident voicing my opinion because I didn't really think anybody would listen to me. I didn't think that I had that kind of respect because at that time I felt like I didn't have I hadn't had the experience to earn that respect yet. Maybe is the best way to say it. Okay. Would you say you're an introvert or extrovert? Um, Turn it, like I said before, I say when you were 19, 20, going through uh, the beginning of your process, would you say, you said you were shy would you, or were you a naturally a social person, but just being in a new environment, you're like, uh, like I'm going to have to tiptoe through this. Yeah, definitely. If I'm in a new environment, I'm very quiet. And I'm like, it's not that I'm being rude or anything. A lot of people, I did have people say that, but 
it was just like, I'm listening. I'm trying to take in all this information because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And, you know, right. after you say that one thing, you can't take it back. And then that's how everyone remembers you. Right. So, I mean, I was just like more cautious, I would say. And okay. one time I did voice my opinion and I got shot down very hard. And then it was like, I didn't want to try after that. I was like, okay, you know, they're not going to listen to me. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. You know, their managers, it's their thing. That was kind of my yeah. point of view. And so, and all in all with that job, um, that's where I got obtained my certified welding inspector and educator. They kind of paid for that, set that up. But after I achieved that and they knew how hard it was to achieve, it was like nothing changed. You know, and I was like, I felt like all these things should have changed. So at that point, I was like, all right, I need to find something else. I need to do something else because they're not going to treat me the same, I guess is the best mm -hmm. way to say it. Um, so then I took on another job and it was like night and day. Like at this job, people were asking me like, hey, what would you do in this situation? Or what do you think would be good for this? Like, where would we find this and how should we set this up? So it was a totally different scenario. And I right. liked that. And it gave me more confidence to speak up and say, I think we should do this or that. Um, and here's the reason why. Because at that point, it was like, they hired me in as a CWI with experience, where my previous job, I started out on the low totem pole and worked my way up. And everyone saw me still as the this low totem pole girl, I guess is the best way to say it. So then moving forward, even where I'm at now, um, you know, I get, I don't have that burden anymore and I have more confidence cause I have more experience and just all this general knowledge now. And obviously knowledge is power and knowledge equal also equals your confidence. So I'm, I'll speak up more and I don't get ran over as much anymore either. And so with, I felt like just me personally, respect came with experience. Okay. So you, you earned your, your confidence grew and the respect grew because you learned to speak out on the experience that you were constantly developing and you, you were constantly learning. Right. Yeah. That's probably the best yeah. way to say it. For sure. Yeah, I wanted to just drill down on that because this is something in, in the Miss Manual Facebook group and just overall direct messages from uh, uh, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds. This is something that a lot of ladies struggle with and they or they're, they're trying to uh, persevere. And I wanted to kind of just show acknowledgement and, you know, it's really awesome to see how you kind of acknowledge the situation, but you didn't stop because there's so there's people that have been in situations or where they either, have, they, they essentially like gave up in a sense, but mm -hmm. based on what you said, you, you faced a roadblock, but you didn't just wait. Like let's say, let's say a train's passing, like you're the one person that let's say 10 minutes goes by and you're waiting for the train to pass. You go ahead. You, you literally, reverse and you go and you're like all right i have to go find another way i gotta find another way around this train i gotta find another way around this obstacle because i need to get where i need to go where 99 percent of people or i would say most people 
um, they kind of just they sit and they accept it and they they give up and they're like, I'm just gonna wait till it moves or it need it needs to move for me versus you know making the effort and take accountability for themselves or find the confidence with them from within themselves to go ahead and you know make it happen for themselves versus waiting for someone or something. So that's something that's super, super, super important. And uh, that's, that's powerful right there. That's powerful how you just kind of reset, go, reset, go. Okay, cool. I need to do this. Like that's, that's a, uh, what would you say that comes from? You feel like that came from your dad as far as just the ambition. Cause you know, he put, he instilled a lot of that, uh, that, that confidence in you. Like you're going to be amazing. Or like, what would you say? <laughs> I mean, that, like, my dad, I would probably say in ways my dad, um, but in ways my mom too, even though my mom was, um, she's very quiet and, but my, so let me just say, so my mom came from the Philippines here. She didn't really know how to speak English, things like that. So her confidence level is pretty low, um, but she had a great work, work ethic. I would say she always went to work. She worked double shifts, things like that. And I seen that even though she didn't really talk much about it. I seen that. Now, my dad came more of um, an attitude where whatever you do, be good at it. And he wasn't like a lighthearted person. He was very hard on me and like nothing was easy. Like, of course, like when I did something good, he'd be like, good job you know, but what's next, you know, like he just never let me be content and settle, I guess would be the best way to say. So that's kind of what has moved me throughout the years. Like I'm very competitive by nature. And once I get something done, I'm like, okay, I want to have this because no one else has this, or, you know, this is the next step for my next goal and things like that. Like I need to do this, this, and this. And over the years, that just, that's where I gained that experience where, you know, if I got questioned on something, I had reason to back it up. And I think that's where the most respect comes from is whenever it's not any job title or, you know, degree or anything like that. It's like why you can fully, um, if you have an idea you can say, this is why I think this, here are the reasons why. And, you know, it's not like I'm just pulling stuff out of thin air. I had right. a specific reason and I had information to back it up and I believed in it. So like, I feel like when you're passionate and you believe in something, people like are attracted to that. And then that's how you gain their respect because they're, they'll take what you say seriously because they know that you've done this, this, and this, and you know you're a person that can back up that information. Interesting. Let me ask you this. Um, how, how would you, what, is it, what does it mean for you, and how do you interpret doing something that's never been done before? Like, when I say that, what, what comes to mind? What, what registers in Athena's mind? When I say, you know, doing someone doing something man or woman uh that no one's never done before like have you ever have you have you felt that or have you gotten that and how how do you like register that mentally um well something that and i'm i don't know if 
I've ever done anything that's never been done before because yeah. I'm sure as many people as there are in the world that it has been done before. But why should that keep you from doing it anyways? Just because it, it has ever been done before. Have you ever done it before? And, you know, your reasons for doing that. So a big one for me was like my CWI, Sam. So it has been done before. A lot of people have their CWI, but it has a extremely low passing rate for the, a first timer. So at the time my company was sending me to take the test, I didn't have to pay for anything. Um, but I kind of went in thinking like, Hey, not a lot of people pass this test. You know, it's okay if I fail, even though inside I was like, I, I will be very upset if I fail. But at the same time, I was trying to like make myself feel better because it seemed like everybody was telling me that I was going to fail. And yeah. I was, I kind of just took that in and, and looking back now, I'm like, I don't, I don't, well, looking back now, I almost think it was an advantage that I thought I was going to fail because I didn't put so much stress on me. Like I kind of was just like, all right, I'm just going to come to class. I'm going to take in the information and then, you know, just let it be. I, I didn't like stress out that most people pass and that I'm, I need to pass it. I don't know. It was a mindset that took some stress off of me, I guess is the best way to say it. I get it. It was like a yin and yang. Like the way you said it, it was, you had the mindset, like you, you were going to put your effort into it, but you heard everybody around you kind of fall. Everyone, everybody basically kept singing the statistic of how low uh, the passing rate was. So you were like, okay, if that's the case, all I can do is put my 100%. There's no need for me to, you know, go 200%, strain myself, and then have be, be down on myself the first time at least to not right. pass it. Yeah. I was telling myself that, but, you know, subconsciously, like, I, I just felt like I have to pass this test to prove to everybody that I'm not someone that would fail or like I do know this information and things like that. So it was like I was trying to comfort myself in a way, but at the same time, like battling myself, like you better pass this test. <laughs> so it was it was kind of a weird situation. But so the so what happened was um one thing, I was the youngest person in my class. Um, there was like 30-something people in that class. Um, and then I was the only female as well. But I think, I mean, I do get asked a lot of questions about being female. But I do think that my age was an impact as well on a lot of things. Right. Um, so being young, being a woman, those things have always been a factor but when it came to the test, so I ended up passing. Um, but was what's really crappy about that test is that you have to wait like two months to get your results. So you oh spend like two Bye. months and you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, and you have all this anxiety built up. Um, but I ended up passing. And um, so like at work, I was like super excited. I was like, I passed the test my first try and like things like that. And I was like, very, very happy for myself. And, you know, everyone else wasn't as happy as I thought they should be. I don't know. But I kind of feel like it was 
a lot of people wanted to take that test and really didn't feel like they could take that test. And then I passed the test and then it was kind of like, oh, well, good job for you. You know, it didn't really mean anything to them where to me it was like the best thing ever. Um, And then from there, it kind of just opened up many opportunities for me. But I have noticed like I've seen like some of the guys I've worked with, they have since then passed their CWI exam. And it's like a bigger deal for them to pass than when I was to pass. Like, you know, they'll go out and have drinks and like do things like that. And then I'm over here like, well, nobody asked me to go have drinks and things like that, you know. But at the same time, I will say what has been a factor um, just from a woman's side um, is it's I, I've always created lots of friends at work. Um, obviously lots of guy friends, but then when you start getting out in public, it's like a totally different story. So I could see somebody from work out at Walmart, let's just say, and I'll be like, Hey, and then they won't talk to me and I'll be like, okay. And then they're like with their wife or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it. You know? So then I just start, I just quit talking to people out in public because I was like, well, you know, maybe like it causes problems at home. I don't know. And so I just kind of quit unless they talk to me. I don't talk to them. It's kind of the thing that I've been doing, <laughs> which isn't fair, but that's just kind of how it is. Yes, yeah, it sucks, but you know, it's just, yeah, I, it makes sense that like, whoa, 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 like obviously they know like, okay, how's it going? But the wife's, who's that? Right. Yeah. Because when you think about welding, you typically when if there is a woman at work, maybe they're like in the office or like things like that. So maybe they don't think about that. But as a woman welder, I feel like maybe they're like, oh, well, like you work beside her every day. And then they start asking questions. But... Yeah, it's just a speculation of it all. So <laughs> it's, it's annoying, but yeah, we should be able to all get along. But yeah, that's a. Yeah. Uh... It's a friction in today's society, but I, it can it can work, but it's definitely a hard task. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I have been told before that I was a distraction in my position. Oh, this, is a, this is a big one. I hear that we hear this. Oh my goodness! I, I just sorry not to cut you off, but this is something mm-hmm. that hits all the time. Doesn't matter if it's in the welding or someone's a a, a lube tech or they're a, a tech uh, some type of technician. A distraction for those working on the field. The ladies of distraction all over. But as you were, sorry. I hear that a lot. Yeah, and it's like, it's one of those things that you, it's not our fault, but we get punished for it. Like, I got told I was a distraction. I was doing my work. I was getting done before everybody else. And then I got, I was the person that had to get moved because I was a distraction. And I was like, so you get on to me, but you don't get on to them for not doing their work when I was doing my work. <laughs> so I never understood that. And I was like, and then I know one time, like, um, like cutoff shirts are like a big thing. Like, you know, welding's a hot industry. So, you know, guys cut off their sleeves. If I wore a tank top to work, I'd be escorted out of work, you know, but guys can yeah. wear that. <laughs> but it is what it is. I mean, I've kind of just learned to accept certain things. So that's something I can't help. And maybe, you know, 
in the future, you know, maybe not my generation, but another generation, maybe it won't be like that. I mean, we, I feel like as the world progresses, we have made lots of changes. Yes. Because 100%. it is more acceptable for a woman to do um, being a man still than it used to be. And I'm sure, you know, 20 years from now, it'll be even more than that. So. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I like to, that's what excites me about this podcast as well as uh, arsenal of these perspectives and just where we've come from. Like, yes, it's not perfect tomorrow. It's not, it wasn't perfect yesterday, but it's, it's definitely progressed because at the same time it's progressed. It was not, it's, we're not too far off of what a recent role is for, let's say you, uh, let's say you and your husband, the traditional to what you would be doing, let's say 50 years ago to what your husband would be doing, the roles you would, you'd be the, the nurturer, the mother, as well as the, the husband go out, like just overall from a role perspective of a male and a female, it's new and change is new, but also mm-hmm. the, the past isn't, isn't far off the history isn't so far off so the transition we're very we're very in a unique sweet spot of like literally like a turning point where things are starting to become normal at let's say at like 47 percent 47 and a half percent but like you said 20 years from now you're gonna it's gonna go ahead and be a strong 70 80 percent at least that's the intentions if not already a hundred percent as far right. as like oh okay seven females there are seven females that are welders and there's two guys like oh and then it, that wouldn't be a strange thing versus vice versa or whatever so we have to acknowledge the baby steps we have to acknowledge little things like this like this podcast i like to say years from now this is literally like thousands of people have listened to the miss mayo podcast but this podcast your story your perspective is could be responsible for let's say little athena that lives and let's say, I don't know, California, and she's she's growing up in a household where she's told she she's supposed to do A, B, and C, and she's basically lost hope, and she stumbles across episode 95, and she hears uh, about Athena that's super ambitious that, you know, that that went through her journey, and it gives her that possibility, and it strikes her attention to take a welding class and essentially go on her path and make her way, and so... These are the things that we have to we have to lay the bricks now so we can have the Empire State Building of, you know, successes and, you know, uh, pave the way of the the normal the, the, the normal that we, we look to see. Right. And to kind of touch on that a little bit. So I've had to go and, and talk to high school students, college students um, and kind of just tell them my story and things like that. And I always point out you know, in high school, my dad was supportive of me getting into welding. My mom really wasn't. Um, But then when it got to college, my parents wanted me to get in the medical field. That was, that was their thing. Um, And I was playing volleyball in college. So I decided to do physical therapy assistant because I wanted to be a sports trainer because I was just, sports was my life. And then I realized like, eh, okay, I don't really think this is what I want to do. And then, Mm. so I started taking welding in college and I was on a scholarship. So my parents, I felt like really didn't have a say so because they weren't paying for my school. But when I told them, I was like, hey, I'm going to take welding. They were like, welding as a career? Like, 
no, you shouldn't do that. You know, that's a hard work environment. It's going to do this and this. My mom, of course, was looking at it like I'm going to be dirty. I'm going to have burns. I'm going to have all the all these things. And she didn't want me to do that. My dad's seeing it as like a woman doesn't need to be in that environment because of how the men act and blah, 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 those things. So I kind of did it against my parents' will. And I always tell like high schoolers and college kids that I'm like, I know that parents play a big part in your career. I mean, that's, that's all over the board. But if, you know, if it's something that you believe in and you want to do, and I feel like welding was, I was easy to find success and quickly um, is the biggest, like, like, this is, this is like, if you want to have money quick, um, good insurance, good benefits, get all this, like, well, I mean, I'm sure there's all these other industries, but just because I know about welding, um, welding is like, was that my, my way out for that? I wasn't living at home anymore, anything like that. And from the time I moved out of the house and was in college, I never asked my parents for money or I had help from them because I had welding. I had a good job. I, had, I was making enough money to pay all my bills myself. I had my own insurance. I had all that at a very early age. And I wouldn't have had that if I had stuck with PTA. Like, so right. in the end, my parents were happy that I, that I did it and that it's become successful for me. But they were very weary in the beginning, as I'm sure a lot of parents are, especially with their little girls. But it was kind of those things like when I tell them, like, I know this is not anyone's dream. And no one as a kid ever says, I want to grow up and be a welder. I don't think that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) But it's something that as you evolve, you're like, I need something that's going to provide good insurance, good benefits, good pay, this and that, like, and welding to me was that choice for me. And it's treated me very well over the years. So that's why I'm like, "Eh, yeah, I mean, maybe I, I don't know, don't tell your parents, like, they don't know anything, because they do. But at the same time, like, if it's good for you, do it. I mean, it's not for everybody, but your parents, I feel like, do play a big role in that and sometimes it takes sticking up for yourself just to your parents to do something different yeah it's a definitely it's it's super unique because it's like your parents it's it's nothing personal it's just they you're there you're, you're a product with them and you know it's as much as they want you to be your own person sometimes it's super hard to kind of like you can only do so much for your children uh but you want to you want to just make sure you, you just, they're, they're doing it right. You, you might sometimes your happiness might, you know, might be swept out of making sure you're safe or you have stability. And that's some, like, that's where like that tension is. Like they want the best for you, but only, you know, the best of you, like at a very young age, you, you, uh, you and I just children in general at a very young age, we know, we already have like an identity of like who we are. We're already our own person to an extent is at a very very quickly uh and so it's super hard it's like I, I we've all i feel like we've all dealt with it uh to an extent 
where whether it's your parents or people that you know that just that might have been there for you if you didn't have your parents your biological parents or some people that were around you they they tried to influence you because they they cared so yeah that's it's super unique and I, that's that's super important because we do have a lot of young listeners that are you know that are in high school like my sister she she's listened to the podcast and she's 13 she's like what classes should i take uh as far as automotive like i'm interested in this and that so you know it's uh this is stories like this and uh, conversations like this is what's gonna kind of help take take people to make the decisions that they want to do or at least help them make a decision versus you know not make one at all Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think over time too, parents' opinions will change and things like that too, because it, like I said, it is being more acceptable now. And because I think people realize it's not like it was back in like the fifties and sixties. It's, we're not people, I mean, people aren't dying and it's not like that hazardous anymore. Like there's like, you know, OSHA's in place. They have all these safety rules. And I mean, it's not the same as it used to be. So I think a lot of people have that mindset when they think of certain industries and it's just not like that. Now we've got technology and things like that now that we don't have to not necessarily like work as hard as we used to, but we have tools now that make our jobs easier. 100%. And again, this is why this is what makes you so pumped. Like a lot of people love to show the negatives of things, like example, like social media. Like social media definitely can has caused a lot of bad, but this is example of what the good is. These tools is what what's what what can be what can be used. You getting your story out there. This is what the powerful. This is the power of these tools that that you just you're referencing, and we just have to we we have to do a good job of uh putting it out there so that's that's why i'm excited um but lastly uh because honestly i feel like we could do like we could talk all about a lot and that's why i referenced yesterday i was like hey like if you've got some series of things you want to talk about and we get into a routine where we have you on and where there's me and you or something you wanted to talk about uh in like little segments like i feel like this can go forever because like this hour just felt like two minutes honestly this is a very good conversation <laughs> um yeah so uh you said in your documentary um being a welder uh is an industry where you can be cute uh smile and everything will go your way so i feel like it's super important i think it, it kind of like overlaps on what we were talking about earning respect but this is something i would love for you to kind of go uh heavy on uh, being especially being in a social media area era because a lot of people are afraid like uh, the next step for Miss Manuel is to have like in-person events clinics uh, speaking events or be, having booths at like places like a at, like a SEMA or a H2O or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but for those who are you know that they're super inspired um, but you know they're kind of afraid to kind of take that next step or that leap to you know maybe meet somebody in person or have a conversation. Uh, but they want to get maybe an industry like this. Uh, could you kind of elaborate on what you mean by that? Uh, being in the welding industry, being that you can't you can't do yourself, you can't you know it's not just gonna go away if you if you just want to if if you're not speaking up for yourself. 
Yeah. So obviously that was my first approach into welding because I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, okay, you know, people will be nice to me if I'm sweet, cute, and, you know, nice to everybody else. Um, And people were nice to me, but people don't respect you for being cute and nice. I mean, going into this field, like, you realize how you don't care about fixing your hair, you don't care about doing your makeup, all of those things go out the window. And it's just you. I mean, that's the realest version of you. And you can really be yourself in, I think a lot of trades industry, it's like that. It's not like, I feel like if you are a hairstylist and things like that, I feel like what you wear, how you fix your hair, how you do your makeup and stuff is important in those roles. But in industry roles like this, it's your skills. It's your work ethic. It's, are you able to be at work on time and, and do perform like you should, um, being cute and putting a good smile on for people isn't going to get you moved up in a company either. They don't care what you look like. They care what, what you can do for them in that company to help them succeed. And so showing them, um, in your work and showing them better ways to do things or how to speed this process up or how to become safer at doing these things um, is more is important. And that's how you get moved up in companies. They need to find value in you and having a pretty face and a good smile is not a value to anybody. So it's really, I've always been told like closed mouths don't get fed. So it's got, you have to speak up for yourself if you want people to notice you and for your ideas to get out there. Cause I know, I feel like I've always said in interviews, they're like, what is something that you feel like you can offer, Uh, you know, just to our company. And I'm always like, well, that's where I kind of throw in, Hey, I am a female. So I'm going to have a different perspective of everything than a male would. I'm going to think about things differently. I'm going to look at things differently and I'm going to have different ideas because I'm just giving you a different it's I'm, I'm looking through a different lens. Like, I feel like I'm not saying like stereotyping, but I feel like a lot of men look at, at one thing and they focus on one thing and maybe not think about the past, present and future at the same time. And I think that, women do a good role in that at looking at the big picture. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like, I think women see that. And I think that's in our nature because of, you know, I feel They're like as women, yeah, we're, we do nurture and we just see things differently. And we think, okay, if we do do this, how is that going to impact this later on? And I feel like that is a special talent and that is something you can always offer your company or your organization or whatever it is, because we do look at things differently and we can always provide that extra information, but you have to say it. You have to tell them it is no yes. good. If you just have it in your head, that's a great idea. Or you think it's a great idea. And then Bob over here says something similar <laughs> to what you're thinking. And then Bob gets all the credit. I mean, like, you don't want Bob to have that credit. You want to have that credit because that's what you were thinking. And don't tell everyone what you're thinking because they will speak up. I feel like 
in this industry, it is kind of like a, um, almost like a cut, yeah, a cutthroat industry, like whoever can speak up first wins, basically, like, especially in a production like industry, because everyone's like trying to get ahead of everybody. And so if you tell your neighbor, like, hey, I think we should do this, this and this. And if you don't tell whoever needs to be told a manager or whatever, and he does, then he's not going to give you credit. That's just not how typical things work in this industry. Like I said, you can't just be nice to everybody and expect people to be nice back to you, especially when it comes into like um, getting moved up in companies. Like you've got to have what you need to say, have, have like a storyline, like this is why I think this, this is the evidence I have for my information, whatever the case may be, and then present it. Because you don't want to, like I said, you don't want to just pull stuff from thin air. You want to have a reason for it. That way they see that, hey, she really thought about this. And we're going to actually take a look at this because she has information to back it up. I'm so glad you jumped on here. Because this is like what you you just touched on the past five minutes. It's like, this is, oh my goodness, this is a whole conversation in itself. Because, like, it's it's literally, like, you have to, like, we just talked about being, a, like, a guy and a gal seeing something different. A guy, you know, might see something very tunnel vision narrow. Uh, and then the gal being more of a nurturer, kind of, you know, looking two steps ahead. and Or just being more delicate and detailed of the process or different about the process than the guy. There's such, there's so much yin and yang, but also you just... It's also like knowing when to use that card. Like you're not you're not being a nurturer in it all the way in, all the way out. Like you're using that in your work. However, you're in a dog, you're in a dog world, an alpha world, an ego, ego world with all these men. And so you have to know when to have a conversation and be nice and know when to keep things to yourself. And I feel like a lot of women that are trying to either get into it or they're they they faced a lot of they, not knowing when to play their card and the way you just said it you you played your cards strategically in the sense like uh, based off of your experiences and what you what you've gone through now you know how to go about it. you're not just going on all cylinders and expecting everything to kind of work because that's just who you are like that that right there i feel like a lot of a lot of people have to learn male and female, just knowing how to use their, just knowing how to use all their cards, knowing that they have more than one card, knowing when you go into the interview that, you know, you have something to offer. Cause most people hear that. And I say a female, they're like, Whoa, what, what do I have to offer? And they're not necessarily confident. They may have the skill set, but they're not necessarily confident in their skill set. Cause they've never been asked that question in that, in that realm. Cause they've only, they've only done it, uh, personally for themselves and not necessarily for a job like I don't know it's it's a lot of what you just said that where it just struck a whole nother 20-hour conversation right there but uh, I couldn't agree with you more on what you said and it's something that definitely needs to kind of be honed in on uh, as far as knowing when to use your your strengths knowing you have more adding to your tool belt knowing you have more than one tool you have a hammer you have a nail an analogy in terms of you know, your personality and who you are, especially in this work industry as a female. So that's, right. that's, yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, um, 
I'm I'm glad you jumped on here. I think, you know, honestly, like this is amazing. I definitely want to do this again. Like I said, I, it's it's just not enough time in the day. I wish there was like 37 hours in the day, but you know, time is precious. And I know, I know you got to go pretty soon. But um, um, where can people follow you? And where can people uh, you know, see Athena's journey? Where where can they where can they uh, you know, follow your journey uh, on your social media? Um, so really Instagram, um, is the best way. I'm not very active on any other social media for real. Um, but Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) um, Instagram, it's, um, Insta underscore Athena is my Instagram name. And I am pretty active on there. Um, I always try, I, it is my personal page and then I add welding stuff to it. Um, I am trying to do better at adding more welding stuff, but it's like, it's really weird because the welding stuff doesn't get as much attention as my normal stuff does, which is unusual, I think, but maybe just because a lot of people, my friends obviously aren't welders, so they don't really care. So, <laughs> Oh, we're going to change that. Like I said, long, <laughs> you, you go ahead. So it's definitely different and you know you are attracting different audiences depending on what you post but out of consistency and collaborating with brands like Miss Man, we'll make it happen I guess it is it's out there uh we have a you have people out there that are dying for you trust you keep trust in that process we're all especially Miss Man, we're always asking for for ladies to kind of share their process if they can some people are in situations where they have to either be you know strategic about it or they can't show anything or they're like no phone policies however you go ahead and sharing that uh it's 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 more it's more the merrier it's more the merrier whether that be a how-to or you talking video you talking about the different welds or you know just in general it's it's something that's literally it's it's a star it's starving just like the, it, the industry starving as far as welding for having skilled welders that have you know a great foundation uh of it's 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 starving for especially for seeing ladies in their perspective on how things go about because we have a lot of people um a lot of ladies that they're always looking for a female perspective just to the simple fact to find somebody that looks like them or sounds like them but to really like reciprocate you know uh what's how to do something they might see a guy or they might overlook it like it's 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 something small but that makes the biggest of a difference and we're always encouraging those to do it and kind of helping people uh on both sides in terms of you know the they're they're following they're growing as well as uh finding and finding more unique people like yourself that you know that are wanting and willing to kind of share that yeah awesome most definitely and then lastly uh maybe somebody's that's listening uh knowing what you know now uh, the experience that you have um what would you tell younger Athena, like knowing, uh, having the experiences and going through the trials and tribulations, uh, just getting where you're at right now, uh, what would be, what would be your, your younger advice to, let's say, 12-year-old, 15-year-old, uh, a younger Athena, quote-unquote, that might be listening, uh, that might have interest in getting into, you know, the industry, or you have a dad that has, you know, their, let's say their one-year-old daughter, two-year-old daughter, three-year-old daughter, uh, and they're like, hey, like, I want to know how I should go about, you know, introducing, you know, X, Y, and Z uh, to my daughter when she's able. Like, do you, have you ever thought about that scenario? I know that's like super, like, <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I don't know if you've heard that type of a question before. I I have heard something similar to that. And I've always said, if I could go back and tell myself anything, I would tell them, tell myself to open my mouth more and just just say more things. Because I was so quiet in the beginning and I feel like I could have got moved up or maybe like had more opportunities if I had opened my mouth more and that, um, you know, let the negativity be your motivation because I kind of let certain things get to me and bother me at certain points in my life where if I could tell myself now, like, Hey, use that to feed your fire and run with it because, there was, there's a lot of things that after I realized that I'm like, okay, this training class is open. I'm signing up for that. Okay. Can I do this? Like I would like watch YouTube videos, do so much research on things. That way I felt like I had the most knowledge, but at certain points in my life, I let the negativity put me in a corner where I didn't see like how can I do that? And the internet is a powerful source that you can definitely use to your advantage. So don't let the negativity bother you and just open your mouth. Get a backbone. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I love it. Nina, I appreciate you so much. Like I said, I want I, like we, what we talked about yesterday, I definitely want to have you on again because, like I said, you have a unique perspective. Uh, and, you know, I love your ambition and I, I like to tell those ladies that I work with and uh, those that I find that have the confidence or they've developed it or they're willing. We need we have to put it on the pedestal. So we have to we have to highlight that in order to breed more of it. And so I definitely feel like you have a lot of that. And I know you will. I, I love the fact that, you you know, you just you're wanting to do the same. You want to you want to inspire. You want to kind of you want to help the next wave see like hey if i'm doing it you can damn for sure do it and so i'm super blessed super excited for you know what, what you're doing and you know to work, continue to work with you because again this is what's going to change it's, this it's as simple as this hour um this come out it's going to have a major impact on the miss man community as well as the the ladies to come so um you have a sensational day. Uh, those who are listening, um, if you like what you heard, don't be selfish and just listen for yourself. You need to share this with somebody to go ahead and give them a new insight on what's possible for a female in these male-dominated industries. So until next time, everyone, have a sensational day.